Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Supermercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music, sometimes very obscure video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Uh, today's episode was sort of my brainchild, and it came out of doing show-and-tell episodes, and I've noticed for the last couple years... Uh, Amongst all of the music that I try to explore and bring in on show and tells, I keep coming back time and time again to this really obscure gold mine of great DS deep cuts. There's all this incredible music that was written for games on the DS, either stuff that was only released in Japan or obscure games that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff today that might fall in the realm of something that you've heard of. Yeah. But it's definitely not something that I think uh, most of these titles, I think you'll be unfamiliar with and if you have heard of them they're definitely not sort of like mainstream top shelf things well it's funny one of the reasons that is is because most of these titles are japanese only titles <laughs> games that only were released in japan so that's always a way to to have obscure music i mean there's one game here that some of you might remember it's literally like a paragraph long name <laughs> it was a classic it podcast like, moment it took me like a minute half and a the half episode. to read the whole name Probably the most well-known game is what we're playing in with. It's Harvest Moon DS Grand Bazaar. Now, even within that, yeah, it's a well-known series, but I had never heard of this game before. Um, So even this is pretty obscure. And I actually found it through the Japanese title. Um, Right. So I was actually surprised to find out it was a Harvest Moon game because when I found it, it was just this Japanese title, something Grand Bazaar. And it was just this Mm -hmm. delightful score. One thing that I'm so excited about today's episode and why I wanted to do a whole episode episode on it and not just bring stuff in for show and tell Mm -hmm. is that I kind of have this theory about the hardware of the DS and in particular the sort of um, samples the this kind of built-in sounds of the DS that so many of these composers use I think it was very um, influential into the types of music that a lot of composers wrote on this platform because as I was exploring soundtracks I can't tell you how many games have themes that use that guitar instrument that go yeah especially with this playlist since will was predominantly made this playlist there definitely is a vibe in a, t- in a kind of a style right. that a lot of this music has and i was I, I was kind of fleshing it out and adding some that i found and what's funny is even some of those ones that i added still had like basically the same style right there's the there's a lot of stuff that um to me if i had to relate it to anything else it's kind of like a slightly more advanced Super Nintendo sound mm-hmm. and um, specifically almost like the kind of style you would get in a Dragon Quest game. Um, a lot of it is that. And then there's a lot of stuff that's really sort of chilled out. Almost reminds me of like a Wii Sports yeah, kind of atmosphere sure. where it's jazz fusion-y piano and flute and these really satisfying kind of b- beautiful chords. But I just, I'm so excited about this episode. I think yeah, there's me some too. really great hidden gems here. I think bordering on elevator music, which is another topic yeah. of our Discord. <laughs> recently but let's get into it some ds deep cuts today what you guys heard playing in was spring from harvest moon ds grand bazaar and that's one of the few titles we have composer info for that is noriko ishida and eri yasuda uh, most of the games today have no info on composers which is the case with what we're going to move to uh this is called to love rue colon waku waku rinkan gako hen all right, let's let's play BGM title from this game by an unknown composer. Here we go. 
You guys are listening to BGM Title. I love that theremin synth instrument. Really cool track. This is from a weird game called To Love Ru Waku Waku Rinkan Gakau Hen by Unknown Composer, sadly. This is great. Yeah, most of this stuff has Unknown Composers, which has always yeah. been kind of frustrating on show and tell episodes when I can't mm-hmm. find any information. But, but this gives you guys a good sense of the tone of today's music, right, Will? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that is just like pulled out of time. It has a 60s, almost elevator music sound to it. And again, I do think there's something about the DS instruments that, that lend themselves to this kind of schmaltzy... I don't know, smooth jazz in a way that so much of it is that, but I I just love it. There's so many soundtracks with this kind of style, an eclectic mix of instruments, but very melodic, a lot of kind of jazzy old school changes and everything. Right. Uh, And something that I think is interesting is that like of almost any other console, I feel like the DS in particular so many of the composers are going for the same style and I, I I have to imagine there's something about the instruments or what they're taking influence like sometimes I would notice I, I would come across a group of soundtracks that really sounded like they were actually emulating new Super Mario Brothers yeah I know um, what you which mean which started that to Nintendo make sound. sense because I'm like Modern okay Nintendo that was sound. that was like probably the DS's biggest hit game for a long mm-hmm. period of time so maybe that was something that you know other composers were trying to emulate but it, it's really fascinating especially looking at this now because somehow in my brain I still think of the DS as like a modern handheld console but now looking at it it seems so quaint and old-fashioned and right. i have such a nostalgia for all of these sounds not yeah, and just also the like, style of composition one reason we're doing this episode is because the ds the whole catalog especially when you think of all these japanese only titles is really an endless well of great music if you're willing to go digging you know if you're going to go digging you will find every time you go down you'll find some great stuff um let's move on to a game uh once again that will brought in uh that he found this is blackjack Hiho Tori Hen. Carl, before and, we play this, I have to say something. Uh, mega Collection vibes on this one. Oh, Sonic Mega Collection all yeah. the way. This one, I believe, has a similar instrument to that previous one, kind of that portamento uh, spacey synth sound. Really cool instruments on this one. Uh, this track is called I'm Save. Uh, and this was one of the few ones I did find a composer for. Composer is Tsuyoshi Kaneko. Let's take a listen to I'm Save. You guys listening to I'm Save from Blackjack, He No Tori Hen, composed by 
Tsuyoshi Kaneko. And um, yeah, what's so interesting about a lot of this music is sometimes it has like a cool presentation with maybe like a modern drum beat or something, but the composition tends to be generally so sweet and almost innocent, and it really makes me smile. Uh, this is a really relaxing piece of music. Well, in in very like nostalgic and old school. Yeah. Like there's yeah. something about all of this stuff that, again, it, it feels like stuck out of time. Like you could tell me mm-hmm. this was written in 1991, you know, or, or yeah. it sounds like something it's that nostalgic. would be in a Super Nintendo It's retro, game. isn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, I think retro. for this track, the, the drum beat and the quality of the DS samples is so much better than previous consoles. So you don't have quite as much of that compression. So the quality of that drum beat and also that really nice kind of spacey synth go a long way to make this track feel like kind of a modern production but yeah i think the vibe of this feels what i think is fun about this episode is we're getting sort of a snapshot of uh, for the most part japanese composers of the early 2000s most of these games were made between you know 2004 to 2008 so it's Mm -hmm. a very compressed amount of time that we're looking at it's very Um, cool yeah all japanese today i believe yeah Yeah, i was actually gonna play i don't know for sure (laughs) i was gonna play a jake kaufman track from a game Mm. called like uno 52 Mm -hmm. um, but it actually just didn't make the cut (laughs) that's so funny so much other great stuff that even the vert himself so what's cool on this playlist is some of the stuff a handful of this uh these tracks we have played before uh mostly on show and tell episodes uh this is one such example that was played on a show and tell episode this is a pretty obscure game it's called 1000 cooking recipes from ella a table and this is already feels like a podcast classic we really loved it on that episode it's called kitchen bossa and it's composed by the wonderful kazumi tataka let's play this wonderful piece of music again kitchen bossa Such a classic bossa. This is Kitchen Bossa from a Thousand Cooking Recipes from Ella Tabla, composed by Kazumi Tataka, classic Nintendo composer. He's so comfortable in this kind of loungy elevator music style. Well, and that's the thing. If there's one classic video game composer that comes to mind when so much of this, you know, DS deep cut stuff uh, I was exposed to, it's definitely Kazumi Tataka because he For sure. kind of... I don't know. He really has been an ambassador for decades of this kind of sound in video game music, of that kind of cheesy, you know, ba- 
background jazz sound that's really great. And I mean, this is such a quintessential example. I mean, this is definitely in the era of, you know, all of the Wii channel music, like the Me channel and the Mm -hmm. Shop channel and all that awesome stuff that he wrote. Well, and this is kind of taking that the cues from from the Wii era, because this is a series of games called Touch Generations, which were which were games that were made to appeal to not just traditional gamers. So, you know, families and parents and stuff like that. And that was kind of the philosophy of the Wii as well. So, yeah, it makes sense that Kazumi Itaka would score this game. Now, I did check out there's two there's two pa- pieces of music that you can hear online uh, from this game. Kitchen Bossa was one, and the other one, I don't think it has an official name. It might be called Kitchen Samba, and it was good, but I just couldn't resist playing this one. I mean, this is just the this is the hit of that game for sure. Uh, let's move on to the infamous title. All right, now I need to expand this here in order to see all the title okay it is you know what it's still not expanded enough oh my gosh just give me a second there's so many words you need two screens (laughs) in order to should i say all the words you gotta say it at least once it's a legal thing the full title can't believe we're doing this again is zidon (laughs) carl i just want you to know this is the only reason i wanted to do this i know you're trolling me force you to say it okay this is zidon hojin nihon kanji noriyuku kentai kaiokai koshiki soft colon 200 manin no kenkin colon tokotan kanji no and there might have been another colon that I missed, um, but that's those are all the words there. Uh, holy moly. From now on in the episode, can we just call this Zidon Hojin? Would that be okay? That's totally fine with me. All right. This is BGM1. No track info, no composer info. It's a great score. Let's take a listen to BGM1. You know, it's so funny. It wasn't long ago we were talking about this track earlier this year, but I love the context of this, you know, comparing this to all this other DS music and really getting used to what DS music sounds like. And it has a very charming sound. It's a great score. It sounds really good. It's a very quirky set of instruments. I don't even know if we could go through everything that we're hearing. Yeah, it's um, like steel drums, strings, flute, strings, flutes, slap bass. Yeah, it's everything. Some sort of like... Uh, FM sounding keyboard synth, synth lead, yeah. It's such a delightful piece of music. Some of those uh, bass notes are just so surprising and just tasty. Yeah. God, I love this soundtrack. I'm sad that, uh, like, I'm serious. I want to do a spotlight on this game. I mm-hmm. freaking love this. This and uh, the Harvest Moon Grand Bazaar are so stacked. Yeah. Outstanding. It was really hard for me to even limit it to, like, the mm-hmm. few that I had selected. 
But you um, know, we we have to just tell everybody if if you're enjoying these scores, definitely you definitely check these whole scores yeah, out. Yeah, and and really spread good. the word on this stuff because I would mm-hmm. love for whoever these composers are, and uh, sadly we can't find their name. I'd love to know who wrote some of this stuff. I would love mm-hmm. that love to get back to them so they can know that some of this music that I, a lot of these composers, I'm sure. Um, it's just gone unappreciated and I just, sure. that's what I want today's episode to be is to shine a light on just, yeah. we're joking around and having fun, but I, this is amazing music. This is of any playlist we've had. This is one that I'm really excited about. Well, and luckily, fortunately the next game we're moving to, we do have crediting. That's wonderful. This is a, well, something that I found. This is a game called Suzumiya Haruhi no Chokuretsu. And this is BGM6, and somehow I was able to find crediting on this. Composers are Dai Murai and Akito Matsuda. And this is a solo piano piece of music, and it's really beautiful. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Let's take a listen to BGM6. absolutely gorgeous stuff uh, i forgot that there's some other instruments that came in later this is bgm6 from a game suzumiya haruhi no chokoretsu and it was composed by dai murai and akito matsuda what do you think about this well it's beautiful uh, yeah, another interesting thing about the DS is some of the music can actually be produced separately from the hardware and is kind of sampled in in this compressed way. Yeah, I think they uh, usually call that stream. Like that. Yeah, yeah, usually they call it, you know, it's either they're streaming or they're using the samples, yeah. And uh, I really like the, the sound of it because it adds this compression and there's like a certain mm-hmm. charm to that. But this is it's a beautiful co- piece. It works great for piano, doesn't it? Because you kind of want some of that atmosphere. Well, and I like the use of the chromaticism here. Um, mm-hmm. The kind of use of like the flat sixth interval and when it goes from the major to four minor chord. Uh, that's really pretty. And it kind of, it, it takes this deceptive turn into a more minor tonic 
mm-hmm. landscape, but it's really beautiful. And then those bits of strings come in. Again, though, it's like the, these beautiful, lush, jazzy harmonies on the DS. It's just like inescapable. It's something that's going to be probably every single track will play. The, though they vary genre, the use of kind of extended jazzy harmony is like such a through line. Yeah, it's funny. We're pretty soon we're going to move on to another solo piano centric piece and I don't know if it was using the stream or using samples but it's definitely more compressed with a lot more noise so it'll be funny to hear that difference before that though let's move on to a really fun game that I kind of personally requested to make a presence on this playlist Will brought this in years ago it's a game called Major DS Dream Baseball with a really happy sunshiny score this is BGM 10 sadly by unknown composer let's check it out You guys listening to BGM 10 from Major DS Dream Baseball and surprisingly this this fits really well with the tone of a lot of this episode. It is very sweet and there's some energy to it, uh, some, you know, rocking rhythm section, but it's a very innocent piece of music and it's a little cheesy. Um, a little, and maybe yeah. over the top. <laughs> uh, it's not subtle at all, but it just can't you just can't help smile to this. I I have a great time listening to Major DS. Well, what I love about all this music is it just kind of scratches the itch of what I love so much about game music. Is it's not trying to be cool. It's not. It's just it's not a about lot of fun. subtlety. It's not about you know. It's just about melody, harmony, sheer mm-hmm. kind of. You could consider it just saccharine, sugary joy. Um, but just kind of making the most out of 50 seconds, making the most out of 30 yep. seconds, making the most out of two minutes. You know, it's just like. The the fact that so much of this music is to such obscure games and so often you find out what it's for and it's kind of like, why is this here? But I love that. It's like composers or Mm -hmm. musicians, artists going above and beyond, doing more than the bare minimum to kind of fit the bill. And that's something that I think you can really admire. Uh, At least, I don't know, I admire it so much. And it's it makes it so fun all these years later you know, discovering some weird random game that you've never heard of. And then you just get this awesome track like this. That's so catchy and tuneful. A lot of gifts today. Now this next piece, I believe is strictly solo piano. Um, this is what I was talking about. The sound of this, uh, uh, as opposed to that Suzumiya piano track we played, is crazy. I don't know what they're using on this, but there's a lot of noise on this. But it's so beautiful. This is another game that Will found. This is called River King Mystic Valley. And again, unknown composer. Let's take a listen to BGM 21. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's the second very emotional and almost tragic piano piece of music that we're hearing today. This is from River King Mystic Valley. This is BGM 21 by Unknown. And yeah, this is this is a recording. Uh, for some reason on the stream, there's a lot of noise. Uh, maybe it just wasn't a super quality recording, but it's going to work pretty well on the DS, uh, on, you know, whether or not you're listening in headphones or, uh, you know, on the speaker. I think... I think it the music is so beautiful that you totally forgive that that little noise that you're hearing. Totally, yeah. And I mean, in contrast with some of the more general MIDI-ish instruments that you get, something like this is, is really powerful. It's nice. What I like about this piece, and something that I was kind of admiring going back through this again, uh, is that a piece like this, it, it's very emotional, but it's also so restrained. It, almost the entire accompaniment is so diatonic. I mean, it's using... Mm-hmm. I guess you could say some advanced chords. I mean, that, that's all like a relative term, but you know, it's adding sevenths and ninths and some sumptuousness, but there mm-hmm. isn't a lot of chromaticism. There aren't a lot of borrowed chords. It, it's very kind of basic, but it's such a sincere melody. And there's almost a whole, there's there's a whole thing that a lot of Japanese uh, film music does um, there's this whole kind of style, and I think someone like Joe Hisaishi captures it perfectly, of um, combining the sound of traditional Japanese folk music with kind of a quasi-classical, quasi-Western jazz For sound. Sure. And something like this is an example of that, I would say, where that melody, da-da-da-da-da-da, there's something... I mean, I think the pentatonic quality of it, but even the specific melodic contours make me think of Japanese folk music. And there's Definitely. this there's this deep well of emotion and, and pain that's kind of underneath all of that, which I well, love. Well, another thing that's so effective about this is melodically, it's mostly pentatonic, but there are moments, certain arpeggios and certain cadences where this composer is emphasizing more of fourths and fifths in those, a lot of those intervals. And that is, even though it's diatonic, it's a way of opening it up and making it feel a little bit less expected, right. I guess. Yeah, voicing so I think it in a, a wonderful century way. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What a beautiful piece of music. Nice hidden gem there. Had you ever brought that into an uh, episode, or was that I, I a have, I new think. Game? Or, I don't know, maybe I brought something from uh, River King Mystic mm-hmm. Valley. All right. Great music regardless. Let's move on to one of the few that I added to this playlist, and I'm excited for you to hear this, Will. This game is called Zetai Onkan Otoda Master, and sadly unknown again, composer. Let's take a listen to BGM 20. Is so fun and pretty. I really like this track a lot. It's BGM 20 from Zetai Onkan Otoda Master. 
I, I was so happy to bring this in because I, I thought it fit really well into Will's uh, overall kind of vibe uh, that that he really has been finding with a lot of these obscure Japanese DS games. And there was one track from the score that I might have liked better, but it was more rocking in traditional VGM. And so I thought this was a good thing to kind of really fit well in today's playlist. Right, the, the, the Latin sound and the, the jazziness of it is like Don't you like the melody? And yeah. Some, the notes that it resolves on are a little mysterious and... Totally. It's very relaxing, but it's just quite interesting, actually. Definitely, yeah. I think it's kind of fusiony. Fit well with the next track that we have, I think. What do you think about um, the production of this? I was really impressed with some of the kind of shimmering and panning. Like, there's like a nice eight-bit kind of instrument that's that's kind of combined well, with the I like stuff. Yeah, and I like all the the filigree of the arrangement. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like that very shimmery. It just sounds all the great. little like colors and rhythmic stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, when you think about the bass line, very simple. Boom, but all yep. the little kind of syncopations and things that sort of fill it out. And again, using these sort of primitive DS sounds. There's something really charming about that. And the thing that's great about consoles where there is kind of these, you know, specific sounds that you're using is it puts mm-hmm. everyone on an equal playing field. So this could be a game with, you know, no budget. But if you had a talented composer who is willing to put in the work, there's no reason why it couldn't sound as good as New Super Mario Brothers or some Nintendo title. Absolutely. And that that's what I kind of um I do miss a little bit about that era where it's like everyone was on an equal playing field. When you listen mm-hmm. to NES music or just any kind of chip stuff, some of the best stuff was just, you know, like made by an 18-year-old kid in his parents' basement. You know, I mean, <laughs> you think about so much of that demo scene stuff and that, there's that kind of spirit of what I think is uh, continues to this day with chip tuners and remixers of that. It's sort of like made of the people for the people sort of a thing. And that's something that I think is lost out of mainstream video games today. And I think it's still very, it was still very much um, the case with handheld consoles like you know the Game Boy Advance and the PSP and the DS probably not the PSP but yeah the DS know. is great because overall there is a surprising amount of glue and cohesion that that you, when you're listening to tons of DS scores they all kind of sound similar and it feels like you're hearing one system but there is also enough of uh, diversity and variety so that composers can come in with their own sounds their own samples and and really do a lot uh, and, and kind of you know carve their own style out so it's it's a nice balance let's play another harvest moon ds grand bazaar track and i really love this i remember just being in love with this when will first brought this in on a show yeah, and tell this is one of my favorite melodies it's it's called love event one and it's just so sweet and emotional and cute uh very catchy let's take a listen to love event one
you guys listening to Love Event 1, in Harvest Moon DS Grand Bazaar has an amazing score. Very talented composers here. I want to look into them more. Nuriko Ishida and Eri Yasuda. And yeah, immediately when I first heard this, it just catches you and doesn't really let go. Yeah. Um, it's I like, so I sweet love it. It's and so emotional. direct. There's no intro. It just starts right away with that killer melody. Yeah. It is a killer. I love the emotion that uh, we've talked about this before, but it's almost like there's a musical sense of nostalgia uh, that this piece has definitely kind of melancholy, bittersweet. It's happy and yeah. sad. Well, and that conveys one, the feeling of love perfectly. And it's a conversation. The um, yeah, da, 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 two people. Also, that phrase. It's a question. Like it, it has such a specific shape. There's something about it that it feels like there's a question mark at the end of that phrase. In the way that things are repeated in different instruments and it's panned differently. Again, it's using the the very elemental tools at their disposal to create something that's genuinely beautiful and emotional. Like, I just think this track is phenomenal. I love every single thing it's, about it. I it's love all the one of the best on the whole love episode, the arrangement. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so damn It's a contender. Good. Contender for track of the week, um, for yeah. sure. Let's, let's th- th- think about it as we move on. Let's move on to a game called Style Savvy. This is another game that I was luckily able to find crediting for, so that's nice. Uh, the two composers I found were Asuka Ito as well as Toshiyuki Sudo. Let's take a listen to, not surprising, title here. Um, I wish, you know, we could have made up our own title. What was the episode when we made up all of our own titles because everything was BGM1, BGM3? I don't remember. Oh, it was that um, baseball series, that powerful pro series. I think we oh, made yeah. up... <laughs> titles the for powerful pro yaku yeah, yeah portable series amazing music there um okay uh yeah this is bgm4 from style savvy let's take a listen sweet fits like a glove with the vibe of today some similar instruments that we've heard in like that to love rue game or blackjack this is from animal crossing oh wait no it's not from animal crossing <laughs> it's from style savvy Dude, though you when i was fooled anybody when i though, was right? putting this playlist together like that was my thought with almost every game i came across it's like you could totally put this in an animal crossing game and no it's, one would be insane, any otherwise i mean the amount of games one. like i said i don't know that we're playing anything with it but i found so many games that use that guitar sample and then they have almost it's almost like I, for a second i was kind of like is it 
it, was it almost like this, I don't know, composer tool where they just put in a chord <laughs> and it plays this ding a ding a ding a ding a ding a ding That's so funny. Because there were so many of them that had the exact same kind of format. And well, this, and this progression, this progression is, like is all, all over, over DS. this DS music. It's really interesting. It, yeah. I really love, though, that still at this at this point, they're using the same, the same classic VGM approach for delay where it's literally right. just another channel <laughs> right, that's right, right, slid right. a little bit and quieter. Yeah. I love it, though. It there's like so the classic. Nintendo influence. You know what I'm saying? Like the style mm-hmm. of Nintendo composers is heavy throughout all of this stuff. I love this track. I think it's similar to what was it? It might have been that Azetai Onkan track. It's a great combination of being very accessible and simple, but every once in a while they, they might modulate or they might go to more of like a jazzy change. And so it's kind of a little bit of jazz or even jazz fusion mixed in with a very simple like folk pop kind of a sound and it's a great balance for for kids or for any any game player i think would would really enjoy this very cool uh let's go to something will found H- had you ever brought in anything from this game or is this i have okay. yeah i brought it th- and i was looking into the whole there's a it's a whole series of games i think it's based on like a manga an, or anime or something yeah it's i think it's an anime yeah a lot of this i, I we should say a lot of this stuff is I think anime because I was looking at a couple other random ones that I found. What was it? It was um, the Dungeon of Wendaria. Yeah. No spoilers, but that's that's to yep. come, guys. That's another based on yeah. anime. So yeah, I think that's pretty common for these DS games. Uh, this is how would you say this? Will Cold Code Geass? I, I called it uh, Cold Geis. Cold Code Geis uh, Hangiaku no Le Lauch, and again, unknown composer. Let's take a listen to track one. You guys listening to track one from Code Geis, Hangiako no Leilauch. I'm probably not saying that right. Unknown composer. Um, yeah, I mean, this is yet another example of that textbook Japanese DS video game sound that so many of these composers are going for. It's relaxing and sometimes wandering, but very strongly melodic, catchy. Um, overall, there's a positive vibe to this one. Yeah, I feel like uh, there's a little melodic device that happens in this one that I find in a lot of video game music. Yeah. Especially at that particular chord at that moment. You know, a lot of like Sonic stuff. Yeah, it sounds Sonic-y. I wonder who else does Jake ever use that or who, who else uses that technique? A lot of, I would say it's more of a Japanese composer phenomenon in terms mm-hmm. of what I've noticed. Classic VGM move there. Let's move on to a game called San X Land Theme Park 
De Asobuo. This whole series, <laughs> there's three DS games, and they're all outstanding soundtracks. <laughs> I, I highly, highly recommend them. Let's take a listen to BGM title. Here we go. listening to bgm title from san x land theme park de asobuo <laughs> what do you think this game is i have no idea uh because they, they all have it's not like they're all called san x land some of them are like san, san x something something and then something something with land in it and each of them have, have slightly different titles but i have it, i have the titles the here one of them is great San X Chara Sagushi Land. One of them is San X Character Characters, Channel. Yeah, yeah. And then one of them is San X Land. Yeah, uh, and I really yeah. Will was like sad that stuff. we couldn't play more San stuff. We're gonna have to. You know what? You can go back to that maybe for show and tell. I'm gonna go um, back to all the stuff you didn't pick and play it. My <laughs> next show and tell is just gonna be DS. Dude, stuff. I might too because I had stuff that I like. I from that. What was that game? Uh, Zetai Onkan Otoda Master. There's a couple other tracks that I really liked from that. So yeah, maybe next. Well, the next interesting thing when I was putting so this together, I didn't. I honestly didn't discover that much new stuff. It was a lot of just going right. back to games mm-hmm. that uh, you know from the last few years that I've wanted to play. So I mean, I, I yeah. feel like I could do a whole other episode of this discovering new stuff because I'm sure there's just mm-hmm. as much that I haven't found. For sure. Let's move on to a game. Oh my gosh, this is another track from the infamous Zaidan Ho- Hojin. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. This is BGM3. Let's check it out. guys listening to bgm3 from the one and only zaidan hojin blah 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 an hour-long title i mean do you hear what i'm saying though this is like totally in an animal this is crossing animal crossing style. and this whole soundtrack is like that where um there's this it's one so theme relaxed or there's this handful of themes that are arranged 
What is it about a lot of Animal Crossing music where the tempo, like the BPM's like 60 and it's just like the most chilled out, like someone's like sitting down like on like a beanbag chair and just eating chocolate or so. It's so relaxing. You're painting a very specific picture. Are you sitting in a beanbag chair eating chocolate right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the most comfortable kind of music you could ever imagine you know definitely very chilled out i think also kind of like a jazz waltz is something that just sounds very sort of chill it it is a jazz waltz but i kind of forgot that just based on the instruments and the i don't know what you don't think of like synth flute when you (laughs) and also yeah the drum beat with the very minimal kind of cross stick it's so good it sounds so good on the ds um it's just perfect so natural yeah, I love that melody too, and all those little curves in the harmony. It's just some really luscious moments here. What I love about you know video game jazz is it's not flashy or you know it's never showing off. I don't feel no. like that. A lot of times when you listen to jazz music, you just get it's almost oversaturated with rich harmony and rich extensions and stacking things in fourths and every chord has a ninth or an 11th or a 13th in it to the point Mm -hmm. that it's almost like any note is possible. And if you're able to open (laughs) your mind to it, it's really amazing. But what I love about this kind of stuff, it's like, it's so selective. You'll be hearing these basic either triads or just plain seventh chords in a very simple inversion. And then every once in a while, when you get a borrowed chord or you get a tri tone sub or you get some little special yeah moment. there's i mean there's a lot of humility and kind of humble philosophy that happens with video game composers and that's definitely <laughs> showcased on this episode whereas i don't think well, anyone and it's also possible that it's not I, I'm, I'm not like as much as I want to sing the praises of it, I'm not saying it's like all these people have like great jazz chops and they're just being restrained. But it there's also like something more about of a it's cultural like, thing. Yeah, that the the goal of video game music is to write beautiful melodies, uh, especially in mm-hmm. Japan. I get the sense that that's kind of a, a a big ethos. If the mandate came in the U.S. to be like, okay, we need really cool like jazzy stuff, we'd hire some be you know totally different New York Berkeley graduate, and it would be crazy, and there would be me changes and it would be really amazing and different and people would be praising how like complex it is yeah and how it's but it wouldn't be you wouldn't have you know you would never yeah. get a moment that's that pure ray of sunshine and i wouldn't trade that for the it's, world yeah it's cultural differences for sure so good let's move on to another track from to love rue to love rue or not to love rue that is the question uh waku waku rin kan Gakao Hen. Uh, this is a beautiful title of this track. It's BGM ADV 13. Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> um, I don't know if that stands for advanced. BGM advanced 13. Anyway, let's check. Let's take a listen to this track from To Love Rue. Short and sweet, possibly the shortest loop on today's episode. One of the most beautiful pieces, though. This is BGM ADV 13. 
an unfortunate title. Will, if you had to title this, what what do you, what what does this make you think of? What would you title this track? I would title it "Continue" because uh, it feels it like that. It's See, kind I was of thinking like, like sleepy time, a fairy sort of thing. Yeah. I imagine like you just met like a fairy or something. It gives me that feeling though of like in a Zelda game, you know, when you die and you either hear the fairy fountain theme or in the original Legend of Zelda, you, you know, you hear that wonderful kind of continue theme. Sure. Uh, but I just, I love the, the sweet nature That's of it. So and beautiful. the chimey sound, the gorgeous harmonies, very simple approach, but really kind of making the most out of every melodic gesture, out of every harmonic moment. Again, these moments of... Um, borrowed harmony these moments of chromaticism really have a poignant effect because they're moments of surprise they're not just Mm -hmm. getting stuffed with this kind of dense complexity and so you really appreciate those moments and the harmony and what is happening instrumentally is like not the focus the focus is in the songwriting is in the melodies is in the tunes um uh, and that's what I love. And what I get a sense with uh, a lot of Japanese composers is that they really do have kind of the the chops, so to speak. They have this well and understanding of harmony, but they're just so humble or so not arrogant about it. Well, one of the best ways to sum it up is it's that combination of a melody that's many times very simple and pure and memorable uh, and kind of inevitable in some ways, but it's harmonized and supported with chords that might be a little bit more advanced and exploratory. And so that's such a great combination because I think the overall package, you're left with something that is very accessible and that feels very comfortable, yeah. but it's not boring. And a lot of the stuff I wouldn't even say it would be predictable. You couldn't, you couldn't call it. Predictable well, and it's either. about, to me, it's about realizing the idea rather. And it's like the difference of like an ego centered viewpoint where it's like, I need to create something that's never been done before versus like, I want to create Just something that's something perfect. Good. And yeah. what I love is like, when you listen to any film that Joe Hisaishi's done, you'll probably find a number of cues that are reminiscent to other things he's done or feel like maybe you've heard it before in a dream, but it's like you couldn't change a note of it. You couldn't argue that it's not like perfect. And I admire that more, that it's like let other people decide, you know, what your voice is and who you are in your style. Like just make something perfect. In an ideal world, you release a score and it's fresh and doesn't remind anyone of anything that has come before, but is also like just undeniably you know musically amazing to me the real innovation comes from how you're combining things and just right. also even context doing this kind of song in a different context that's why i think video game music was such a great opportunity because so much of this stuff for instance could remind you of 50s or 60s kind of production music or elevator background jazz henry mancini all this kind of great stuff that was in the ether well but now we're hearing it decades later in a completely different context it it becomes new and has a revitalized quality to it i think let's move on to something that is i don't want to say experimental but like compared to a lot of the music on today it's it's maybe a little bit more uh interesting or, or wandering than a lot of the music on today uh today's episode but it's really cool this is a game hey it must be related to that game that i found it starts with zetai as well but it's zetai karin children ds unknown composer Let's take a listen to BGM8.
You guys listening to BGM8 from Zetai Karin Children DS. Unfortunately, by an unknown composer. Just looking at oh, the playlist here, and there's just so much unknown. It makes me sad. I wish we could give a spotlight to some of these great composers. This is a very different track on today's episode. Um, yeah, it's it's. There's not like as much resolution to it. Um, it just feels like emotionally it's it, you're kind of waiting to see what happens next and it, it doesn't feel like anything has been resolved well it's very circular mm-hmm. um you know I, I think a lot of atmospheric music a lot of electronic music is composed in this fashion where it's a, it's about the relationship between two chords you know moving up moving down moving down yeah. moving up constant and the relationship very between constant. those two especially when those chords aren't necessarily related in like a similar key or at least from like a tonic chord if we consider the which first is thing the case here the tonic. yeah um this is something that i noticed when i was working on that metroid tribute album where it's like so much of what makes that music tick is a similar simplicity where it's like the relationship between two chords but they don't really function modally they don't really function in a common scale that, but it's just your brain accepts it and uh you know mm-hmm. on underscore when we were talking about the music of bernard herman he's someone where again it's always about the relationship between these two harmonies and as difficult as they are to process when you have that repetition you start to accept it and you can find all these really cool emotional possibilities in a track like this where it's like that cyclical quality there's something hypnotic about it it makes me think of like a lot of hip-hop loops have a similar like yeah for sure the underlying harmony is not super functional or it'd be some sort of made-up scale like mixolydian well, flat there six is something, or something emotionally that you get from that um from maybe having two chords that aren't diatonically related to each other, but going to them over and over and over again, I mean, you do get a different feeling. And some, yeah. I mean, especially for like hip hop music, that's kind of what you want. You don't want constant resolution. Like right. You kind of want it to feel cyclical and stuff. Well, and so a lot of that comes that's a really cool from track. sampling, comes from taking one particular moment mm-hmm. in a song and putting it on loop. But it's, it's like a great way of creating music is just loop-based mm-hmm. things and fitting for games because the music has to loop quite often. <laughs> Right. Let's move on to another uh, track that you could tell someone is from an Animal Crossing game and they would believe you. And I know that this was brought in at some point on the podcast. I can't remember when. Uh, This is a game called Umihara Kawase Shun, second edition Kanzenban. And um, let's take a listen to BGM3. adorable this is the classic vibe we're getting a lot today this is bgm3 from 
Umihara Kawase Shun Second Edition Kanzenban. Not just the normal Umehara Kawase Shun. This is the second edition Kanzenban. I don't know what that means. This is so cute. It's very familiar. I feel like this was uh, brought in at some point. I don't know if you brought this in or or what this was from, but I've definitely heard this before. Well, and it has some that quality to it where it's kind of reminiscent. It sounds familiar. It yeah. sounds like you've yeah. heard it before. Mm-hmm. It's a great melody. Yeah, I like the, the curves of it. There's a lot of tracks today that have that kind of slow shuffle kind of feel to... Sure. That's another uh, great way to, to convey this super chilled out, like comforting, relaxing feeling. Right. Well, and the arrangement, I mean, the doubling of pizzicato strings with the glockenspiel or the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. orchestral bells, that sound is just is so cutesy and just so makes me think of game music and Nintendo music specifically. Again, like all this stuff, it's a great it feels sound. like they're, they're almost preparing their demo reel to work at Nintendo. <laughs> This is yeah. This this is a track that would fit like in a Yoshi game or something. Like, kind of reminds me of some of the Yoshi Woolly World music. Yeah, I mean, I think they're you know. too busy with stuff that goes. Just random whistles that are out of tune. Yeah, that's that's what I want when I think of Yoshi music, right? Um, no. Uh, all right. So, it's, guys, also to me, it's so insulting. It's like you know, like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna you know write the sequel to the Marriage of Figaro. And uh, it, all the music's going to sound like this, and it's just like mashing your fingers on a keyboard, you know, like, oh, because <laughs> that, you know, when I think of, it's just so insulting. Let's do something totally different. All right, guys. Well, it's already been decided between me and Will. We're moving on to this week's track of the week. And it is from Harvest Moon DS Grand Bazaar. This track is too good. You can't hold it down. You just, you really can't. You can't compete with this track. It's really, really good. Again, this game is composed by Noriko Ishida and Ari I want to listen to this every Christmas. I want this to be playing in shopping malls during the holiday season. Yeah. Let's take a listen to Ending Kari. This is just a classic. This track has this is, is going to be track of the right year. I'm calling it now. It, it, it just it's better than it should be. It's ending Kari from Harvest Moon DS Grand Bazaar, the best Harvest Moon track of all time. I think it's just so good. Carl, I mean, you just have to imagine 
you know how you know how stressed out I get doing show and tell episodes. You have to imagine me by my computer how late at night felt. one night, just having bump bump bump, just your head bobbing back and forth. You know, you know what I gotta say about this one? Like Kazumi Tataka, eat your heart out. I mean, this is just so classic i feel like i've known this my whole life yeah i mean it, it has that kind of inevitable quality to it again this is a nintendo demo reel <laughs> composition i mean i really want to look into i would Ishida love this to Inyasuda. be in a mario game you know like a, a snow map theme or something God, it's, so it's so snowy great. yeah it's just I, there's so much to love about this i mean I, I really was enjoying, you know, on that, I guess you'd say B section when the drums were going to that cross stick only on beat four, very common technique for jazz. And then immediately followed by kind of that halftime drum uh, backbeat, which was so cool, so funky. You know, there's just, I don't know, so much that happens in this loop. The loop isn't super long. I want to say maybe it's like, is it even a minute? It's It might be a little over a minute, but it's it's not a very long piece of music and there's just so much mileage that happens in every single section. I'm just so yeah, inter- being entertained so much. Well, and it's just such a dazzling arrangement that every section has a new approach. That first, it's that yeah. kind of but 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 kind of approach. Melody but then is you amazing get that, throughout. You know, walking baseline, but which almost sounds like sort of like a sax soli or this great you know brass run. You know, well the, mm-hmm. there's this walking baseline, but then to imagine that eventually you'd go into this really kind of funky groovy halftime feel and see i just have a feeling that these composers had a little bit more freedom than totally. you know maybe other composers would have had in other series because overall this would fit like a glove in a mario game but i feel like some of those choices wouldn't have happened or it just wouldn't be so like balls out just like let's throw everything <laughs> at the wall like it's just yeah you talked about one of the other things not being subtle this is like the least subtle piece of music ever yeah. i mean it's just so unpretentious but if and it it's doesn't honestly make you it's happy. cool like it is as yeah. corny as you could say this it's so confident and it's so well executed i think it's incredibly yeah. cool because it's not caring what anybody thinks it's just like i mean that's the coolest thing right joy the coolest quality is when you just do your thing really well and you don't care what anyone else thinks and that's what this track is doing and if it doesn't make you happy then i don't know check your pulse or something uh so good okay we're winding down here let's move on to we did spoil this before dungeon of windaria which is based on i want to say like an 80s anime Mm -hmm. i think that based on a a film actually it's based on a film that yeah ryuji sasai scored the movie um, yeah. And I did. I actually listened to the entire film soundtrack several years ago oh, wow. to make sure that um, this these pieces that I was finding from the Dungeon of Windaria game mm-hmm. wasn't like using a Ryuji Sasai thing because that would have blown my mind if I'm like. So it's probably not then because he hasn't been active for a while. Let's take a listen to track one from Dungeon of Windaria.
Guys, thanks so much for joining us as we explored some deep cuts in the world of Nintendo DS music, mostly obscure Japanese-only games, some based on animes, who knows what the story is for all of these. Sadly, a lot of unknown composers here, but in any case, we were shining a light on some wonderful music that deserves to be spotlighted, and this is just one of my favorite episodes we've done in a while. I had a blast. To anyone who is a fan of music history or has maybe taken a class, if you look at the history of classical music, there are several notable composers that are known as anonymous, uh, particularly right. in the world of you know sacred Catholic church music. There is like a belief that uh, you know it's almost like the word of God speaking through you. So we don't know a lot of the people who composed music, and they actually have mm-hmm. names like anonymous one, anonymous three, things like that. That's so funny. After today's episode i almost feel like a music scholar needs to go through and and decide you know which one of these is unknown composer 27 and which one is unknown composer 38 you know because it's like there's got to be some of this stuff that there must be overlap because i mean just the stylistic consistency over all these games yeah, one of my favorite things to do on this podcast is to unearth hidden gems, music that most people haven't heard before, and that but is that's kind of just as getting, appealing as getting anything. dusty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it almost, I've said this before, but it's almost like VGM Archaeologist or something, which would have been a good alternate title for the podcast. But yeah, what a fun episode. Uh, good, good idea, Will, for this topic. It was something you thought of really just being inspired by bringing in so much obscure DS music on show and tells, and so... Um, that was such a good idea. We're going to play you guys out with track four from Shikaku Kentai DS. Again, unknown composer. Anything else you got at the end, Will? Uh, no, but uh, getting very excited for your wedding closely approaching, which uh, yeah. it's going to be some video game music involved <laughs> i've been doing yeah. quite a few arrangements and you know I mean, yeah i wonder some, if some there's interesting any... stuff i don't think there's anyone else who's going to have had a, a wedding service that features the likes of you know yuzo kashiro toru minigishi <laughs> koji kondo as well oh, as like harold it. arlen paul mccartney it's it's gonna be very eclectic oh, man spoiling it all yeah i wonder if there's a way to share um any of that at some point um with discord or, or something but yeah, it's going to be so, so, so fun. Um, so, yeah, look forward, as we mentioned last week, to a pretty unique Favorites with Friends episode coming hopefully soon. Um, all right, that's it, guys. We're going to play you out with this track from Chicago Kentai DS. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>